Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we just stomped yeah. all over their heads so aggressively. Duncan Robinson scored zero points right. in this game. That's why you weren't drafted, bitch. Yeah, text more guys at the athletic. Uh, yeah, you better go uh, that beat writing route, maybe. Oh, uh, that's so aggressive. That'd be so funny if he's like texting, "Hey man, just wanted to hit you up again. I'm playing in the NBA <laughs> yeah. finals, but just wanted to." Say- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Hello, my name is Duncan Robinson, and I'm currently a rookie in the Miami Heat. I'm playing in the NBA finals right now, but I don't know how much more time I have. <laughs> I was wondering I just if want I could to have learn. some of your time. Can we get some coffee? Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where South Beach, more like that went South Bitch real fast, as LeBron James took his talents to South Beach, and the Lakers, as a collective, displayed their smash-mouth dominance over the Miami Heat to win Game 1 of the freaking 2020 NBA Finals. We are back, and we are lit. Um, Lit. I'm your host, John Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Alan Riley and Tommy Alexander. Tommy, how does it feel being back in the NBA Finals? Feels pretty good, Jonathan. Thank you for asking. You are very welcome. Alan, what about you? Okay, Alan, ser- let, let's be semi-serious about this. Like, leading up to the game, did it... I mean, I was pumped. I'm sure you were excited food rituals, whatnot, you scheduled your whole day around this. But when it came on, did it feel the same to you as you remembered it? Was it missing a little bit? Was it missing an element or two? How are you feeling today? Um, definitely had an extra pep in my step. Uh, I, I was texting one of my friends from grad school, and he was like, how are you feeling today, dude? And I, I told him, got extra pep, you know? And he's like, same, it's the first time I've had an extra pep in my step for the last six months, you know? And I was like, yeah, like, in, in some ways... This, this does feel kind of normal, even though it's been a decade, right? Um, so, yeah, leading up to 6 o'clock Pacific time, uh, everything did feel like, oh, shit, like, this is the NBA Finals, you know? And then uh, we got off to our slow start, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is really stressful and annoying and frustrating and all that stuff. So that definitely felt like it. And they flashed, of course, like, LeBron James is 1-8 and eight in Game 1s of the Western yeah. or of the Finals, right? So I was like, okay, yeah, I that's, like, something I didn't really realize. Um, and then the first few minutes, yeah, right? Like, that's it's really bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> um, well, but, now he's 2-8. Yeah, 
suck, suck on that. Um, yeah, so if it all felt like pretty normal for NBA Finals until what, like six thirty our time, six forty, and then all of a sudden it was just crazy. So that was like super abnormal afterwards. I, I think the one thing that felt weird was like I like watching all the pregame stuff, you know, and yeah. I know like the studio shows like they're they're not great. <laughs> Um, but it's just something that I've always done since I was a kid and like, I have to do it. It is weird that they're not on site, right? Like when the studio moves to LA or Miami and they're out there with the fans going crazy in the backgrounds, they have all their signs and things like that. It's like a totally different vibe. So when they're in the studio, like at ESPN or whatever, that's like super weird. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like a reminder, I guess. But, Mm -hmm. uh. Yeah, that's like such a small thing. Who cares? We're up 1-0. It's lit. We are up 1-0 in the NBA Finals. That's such a crazy statement to say, but it's 2020. The Lakers beat the Miami Heat tonight 116-98 to in a much more dominant fashion than the score shows. But Tommy, I'll go back to you again. How did you feel heading into this game? I felt kind of nervous, which I think probably is like how most people felt. I mean, I think we were talking about this before. It it's weird when you get to the finals because it doesn't really matter how well you feel like your team is playing. You have no basis of comparison, like direct comparison against the other team. I mean, we haven't played the Miami Heat since like what, January or February? I mean, we played yeah. them for the first time in December of 2019. It's been almost a year, full year, right? And like we you go through the Western Conference playoffs, every team you play, you've already seen three or four times. And then as you go deeper in each round, you know, every team you're playing, like you played the other team that that team played. It's just so much easier to draw comparisons because you're playing these mm-hmm. teams so much, right? But once you get to the comp- or the NBA Finals, it's like, okay, how do we compare? Like, it took Miami six games to beat Boston. Is Boston better than Denver? It's just so hard to compare across conference, and you don't really know what to expect. And I maybe bought in a little bit to the hype, although I was trying to like rationalize it, just looking at the rosters, looking at the rotations and everything. You kind of buy into this, like, this could go bad for the Lakers in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And and so when the game got off to kind of a slow start, I was like, oh, God, they're doing this stupid, like, let's feel it out thing again for game <laughs> one. Um and then once they turned it on, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why <laughs> I thought that how am I missing something? It seems like Miami should have no chance. Um, and I think we saw it today. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit excited. Um, but, you know, I hate to be the downer, but it just didn't feel as epic and eventful to me. Kind of to what Alan was saying, you know, there's so much hoopla and hype before the game and I think the the most the littest thing that I saw today was the Lakers social media put out that video that very Yo, historic Burka. video yeah that was oh, awesome that was, dude that was really good that yeah was, and, and yeah. It, it just sucked that it didn't feel like there was any uh, an accompanying like national media version of that you know what I mean and and part of it too is just that whack-ass NBA floor <laughs> like the huge NBA dude, logo the yeah, big-ass YouTube like TV sign I'm just like this feels like a glorified summer league finals game what are we doing um but you know having said all of that what turned the tide for me in this tonight's game was just seeing how the lakers responded after they got you know punched in the mouth early on in the first because that's what really got me going in this game like the lakers just really putting it all out there they were super physical aggressive demonstrative loud you could tell they were amped as all hell um 
And they were out there looking to slit these fools' throats and gouge their eyes out in a very gratuitous wow. Game of Thrones fashion. Some Game you know of what Thrones, I mean? dude. Yeah. yeah, and so for me, I, I could hop on board really easily to that and ride that momentum, even though at the start I was like, mm, this doesn't feel like how a typical NBA Finals feels for me for very obvious reasons. There's no fans. You don't get to see all the celebrities in the crowd, although you did get to see them virtually, I guess. Pau Gasol was there. Barack Obama was there. James Worthy, etc. That was cool. Um, really rolled out the red carpet for them. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's a testament to the Lakers that in spite of all of these things that have been stripped away from us, you know, it boils down to the basics of basketball. And, man, did they bring it tonight. And by the end of the second quarter, by the by the end of the half, this wasn't a game anymore, you know. Um, so I'll go through the uh, summary here. The Lakers obviously started off slow. Uh, Miami was getting Dwight in all these pick and rolls that he couldn't contain. He was getting fouls. Got a bad offensive foul called against him, and it just wasn't a productive start. Uh, the Lakers looked kind of slow on defense, and most of all, they looked sloppy on offense. I think they had like four turnovers or so in like the first six minutes. Miami went on that 13-0 run. Vogel called timeout. Rondo, Kuz, Caruso came in. KCP stemmed the tide for us there for a little bit, hit back-to-back threes, got to the free throw line, and then AD started rolling, right? Uh, the Lakers started forcing turnovers. Um... And then, bam, Caruso baseline three. And just like that, even with our horrendous start, the Lakers led by three after one. And then after that, well, I think since the Heat took a 23-10 and 10 lead, the Lakers then went on to outscore them 55-25. And then that built up to 75-30, a 75-30 run. Um, look, the tail of the night for me was the depth of the Lakers supporting cast, which is so ironic, right? Because the days leading up to this game, it was all about how, you know, the Lakers, one, they have the best duo, number one, number two. But let's let's look at numbers three through 10. Who has the better three <laughs> through 10? Well, tonight the Lakers had the best one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it seemed like. And we were just firing on all cylinders. The collective supporting cast just brought it defensively and then... Yeah, once we got ourselves rolling, it was hard to stop from there. It was an avalanche, as uh, I forgot who was calling the game said in the game. But uh, I think LeBron James only had six points at a certain point, and we were already up by like 17, right? So that spelled, that was a bad indication for the Miami Heat because on the other side, I think Jimmy Butler was like eight for 11 as well. And if you're down 17 and Jimmy Butler is like that hot and LeBron James hasn't even gotten it going yet, that's that's bad news for you guys. So um Alan, yeah, what are your general thoughts on this game that, like, you know, I don't, it's hard to kind of even get nitty-gritty with because it was such a dominant performance, right? I guess just feed off of that feeling. For sure. Um, I mean, defensively, we just swarmed them, you know? We were so active um, after the first quarter, of course. In the first quarter, and like Pete said it, so um, I, I felt the exact same way. We were, like, a step slow, you know? It, it's... It wasn't like we were quite, like, disengaged, per se. But, yeah, we were just, like, a little bit sluggish. And, um, I mean, damn, I guess we flipped the switch, right? Like, we totally did. I'm, I'm really looking forward, actually, to going back and, like, re-watching when that tide turned, when the momentum really, you know, went our way and shifted. Um, I texted you guys. I freaking loved that sequence where there were just bodies all over the freaking floor for what felt like two straight minutes. Yeah. It's like there was a glitch in a video game where guys are just <laughs> flopping all over the place, you know? It was crazy. And then we ended up with 
Kuz drove baseline, right? Yep. And then he dished it to AD for the two-hand jam. And it was just like the, the perfect freaking culmination yep. of all that mess that was going on. I was freaking pumped up in that moment. Um, Dwight had a couple of great freaking assists to AD. Like, that's Dwight totally Jokic. not Dwight. For sure, right? Yeah. Dwight Tola. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Howardovich, as like Shaq would say, even though it's like not shooting, it's passing. But, um, I mean, those are things where with Dwight, if he's like too caught up in himself, he would like try to posterize and it would just be a charge or something like that, right? But instead, he had like the presence of mind to dish it off um, to AD both times. So, um, yeah, dude, those are just kind of the things that stand out. I guess, obviously, Tan, I mean, KCP, you know, hitting those clutch threes. Um, <laughs> oh, the Tanny. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> the fact that uh, LeBron was, like, not really a scoring threat, you know, to start the game, and then all of a sudden he ended up with 20-whatever. Um, AD is the third highest scoring Laker to make their NBA Finals debut. Wow. That's what it was. Yeah, so it's like, I, I already saw it, but I forgot. It was like Shaq. Someone, <laughs> and then AD, and then mm-hmm. oh, it was Shaq, George, Mike, and AD, yeah. and I think Elgin Baylor's like fourth or something. Yeah, um, it, it's crazy how like Anthony Davis is averaging thirty something points per game in the playoffs. You know, and it like, doesn't even feel like it though. You not know, not at I mean? all. It's like such an playing thirty three minutes. Points. You know, like yeah. it, what if this yeah. guy was playing thirty eight minutes, like how he should? If we were getting into game sixes and game sevens with these teams, but we're not because. As much yeah. as people rail on our lack of depth, when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James at the crux of everything, amplifying whatever that little things everybody else is doing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like when it was Kobe and Shaq, were you really looking for Robert Ory, Rick Fox, Glenn Rice, all those Brian Shaw to put up like 12, 13, 14 points per game? Of course not. Like if each one of those dudes give you like five to seven, you're like, oh, dude, that was a really great game for B-Shaw. Yeah. He hit the one three, you know? <laughs> yeah. He had the one lob to Shaq. It's like, dude, B-Shaw is freaking amazing. Like, that's how it felt. This right. is, like, the same thing with that team. Mm-hmm. Russo does two good things. We're like, amazing game. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and maybe we'll get into this later, but I was like... Crusoe did more than two amazing things oh, today. He, so he definitely did. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> but here's, here's a good example. Kuzma was one for seven. He had three mm. points, but he had eight rebounds, two assists, one steal. I was like, oh, this is the best one of seven game I've ever seen Kuzma <laughs> play. You know, like he was playing really good defense on Jimmy Butler anytime that dude drove. He had that two. He had that really nice dish off pass to Anthony Davis for the dunk, had a nice pass to KCP for a baseline three. I mean, he wasn't hitting his shots, but it kind of didn't matter because he was in the flow of what everybody else was doing. And we were all in concert just chugging it along and uh yeah tell me what were your thoughts on tonight's game because it felt like the lakers really sunned the hell out of the heat tonight uh you know the big bad tough gritty heat they looked that way in the eastern conference but they have not seen anything like the lakers before uh so your thoughts on what happened tonight i think you hit the nail on the head they just haven't seen this type of force before right it was like blowing my mind throughout the game when these commentators would say stuff like and i know i complain about this kind of thing more than i probably should it's just like so crazy i enjoy it it's so crazy they're this bad right but they're commentating like mark jackson or somebody was saying like i this is you know this is this is not the same heat defense that we saw in the eastern conference finals and i'm like the Heat defense in the Eastern Conference Finals didn't have a freight train running right through the middle of it <laughs> and didn't have, like, 80 jumping over the top of it. Like, 
Miami was getting away with this weird small lineup, which is their ideal lineup because it allows them that lineup when they go with like all forwards, because it allows them to get like their best five players other than Bam on the floor at the same time. Um, and that works against Boston because Boston doesn't have any big men. I mean, they have Cantor, but you know, you can deal with Ennis Cantor, right? Like and, Daniel Tice. <laughs> and Daniel Tice is not an offensive player. Like if anything, he's kind of more known for his defense. So it it's gonna work and you're gonna get away with it there. You're not gonna get away with playing Andre Iguodala in the center of your zone and you have Anthony Davis in there, dude. It's like you know, yeah, the zone doesn't look the same. It's not recovering to shooters. Well, yeah, because the AD is standing in the middle and his, like, gravity is pulling so many people in. It's like, of course, KCP and Danny Green are going to be open in the corner of that zone. So it it was just such an overwhelming, you know, ass-beating, if I'm being, you know, <laughs> yes. just totally blunt. It, it's crazy. Like, at times, it felt like when you watch those early college basketball season games where Duke is playing like a random like D3 school and, and you're just like what is happening in this it felt like that you know it's like yeah. oh my god this is like just pure entertainment for the Duke college it's like students. exhibition yeah, yeah for sure yeah. it's just like it, it, and and it felt like that at times during this game because we're just we're so much more dominant than them and frankly it should have been obvious to all of us I think we maybe everybody and I'm not saying this group per se but like the media and everybody kind of bought into uh, this hype and just ignored the pure facts you know people mm -hmm. like you said people were talking about depth Miami was playing seven deep in the last series and the Lakers have been playing nine or ten deep you know recently we went to nine before we were playing ten deep with JaVale right we we've been playing deeper the entire run My, oh Miami's bench our bench has outscored Miami in the playoffs oh Miami's mm -hmm. three-point shooting our team was shooting 0.2% less than Miami. <laughs> Three-point uh, three shooting coming into this series, and everybody was acting like that was such an advantage for them. It was like all these things just weren't adding up, and they talk about it during the games like, oh, these were all supposed to be advantages. And it's like, I, did anybody look at the numbers, though? I don't think they were. It's like we, yeah. we dominate them in every category. We dominate them physically and with size and I, it just they they have no chance. Maybe they'll win a game. This team plays really hard. I have a lot of respect for them. They have really good shooters. They're really smart. They cut. You know they were they played us hard for three quarters. But they just if if we are engaged, this should be a sweep. I mean, they look. We made them look like a bunch of rag dolls down there, which yeah. is kind of not that intuitive because I look at Jimmy Butler, I look at Iguodala, I look at Bam, and these are like tough guys to me. Even like a dirty dude like Kelly Olynyk, right? But they looked like little kids. And I guess I never watched this Heat team this up close and personal. And I guess I didn't realize how small Bam looks. Did you guys feel that? Mm. And maybe it was just against AD. But I was like, this guy looks like a wing. Bam out of bio. Well, it's because, like, who is he had to face off against? Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he, I mean, he was drafted as an undersized center. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. But it was just so much more apparent. And the disparity was so glaring that once the Lakers turned it on and, and started taking care of the ball. It was literally over from there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This was such an impressive performance by the Lakers. In some ways, this is unfamiliar for me after a game one of an NBA Finals to kind of be like, yeah, we did that. And uh, I, I don't really know where to go from here. Obviously, there was that one play, too, that I think was indicative of how this game went, where 
Bam out of bio. This is how he hurt his shoulder, right? He tried to body up Dwight Howard. And that's Dwight Howard, dude. You can't do that against freaking Dwight Howard. And he paid for it. And I feel like that's the story and tale of this series so far between the two teams. Like, yes, in the Eastern Conference, you're big and tough and you're gritty and all that. But once you face a team like the Lakers, I mean, tough luck, right? So maybe we're just going to throw out a bunch of like obscure analogies tonight. But here's my first one. I feel like the Lakers were a legit anime anthology that diehard anime fans love that's subtitled and has the original Japanese dialogue, you know? And the Miami Heat were the English dubbed version. You know, it's just a lot cheesier and overall it's not the same, you know? It's passable to people who've never watched anime anime before, but for true diehards, they know the real deal is with the original actors aided by subtitles. So there's my first analogy for how this game went. Alan, do you have anything? Oh, God, you really put me on the spot, dude. I tried to think of something earlier, and I, I honestly couldn't <laughs> so let's let's kick it to tommy because he had a good one in our group text i was thinking about marching band analogies but like i was like nobody's gonna get that this is like when we had to go up against Etawanda or something they're like what's, what's <laughs> oh here's big bad arcadia patches but here's Etawanda. i don't know why i'm trashing our school in this analogy but anyways uh, tommy do you have an analogy of your own before we take it to our first break an analogy for this game you mean yeah I mean, I think the best one I can think of is is the one I said earlier, where it's like Duke playing some random like you know exhibition game to pump up their home crowd, and it was never intended to be close. It's just an eighty point game at halftime. You know what I mean? It feels like that. Or I liked your two K one too. It's it's like if you set the difficulty level <laughs> yeah. on pro, you know what I mean, and uh, you just decimate the other team, and like it, it's. As you're playing, like, it's not even fun. Yeah. It's just stupid. You're just, you're stat stuffing and you want to see if you can win by 100. Yeah. They just burn all their timeouts in the first half and they just have no idea what's happening to them. So confused. Okay, here's another one. Here's my last one. Uh, The Lakers are like, you know, you're watching Disney's Frozen for the first time in the movie theaters with a live crowd and you hear Let It Go and you're like, wow, this is giving me tingles and chills. And then the Miami Heat are like watching Frozen on ice and you're like, this is just not the same. It's just so corny. Um, With that that said, uh, we'll take it to our first break and when we return, we'll talk more about this game somehow. All right, so we're back. Let's look at some of the stats tonight. Obviously, some of these are a little bit skewed because of uh, the fourth quarter and the Lakers kind of just letting the the foot off the gas pedal. Um, But the Lakers, I mean, the three-point shooting tonight was spectacular. 15 of 38, 39%. The Miami Heat with Duncan Robinson, who I thought for sure was going to kill us, Tyler Hero, they only shot 31%, 11 of 35. We held them to 42%, probably we a lot lower. We had 11 lower. threes in the first half. <laughs> That's ridiculous. We were like 11 for 17, actually. So yeah. um, we were shooting lights out. Um, the Miami Heat, they shot 42.7%, but if you take out the fourth quarter, that's probably like a 40% night. Uh, we out-rebounded them 54 to 36, uh, 45 to 31 on the defensive glass. Uh, we actually didn't even have that many fast break points. Uh, maybe we did all our damage in the first half, but we were actually outscored there 12 to 10, but it kind of didn't matter. And so, yeah, uh, I don't really know where to go here. Ron- Rondo <laughs> started playing all funny at the end, dude. Like, he was doing his, like, ball fake behind the back. Like, I feel like he did it, like, five times. <laughs> He's going for finals MVP, dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so entertaining to watch. It's like, what is happening right now? All right, let's see. Where should we go here? Okay, let's talk about, you know, another angle that a lot of people were going with is, oh, what what's going to happen when the Heat deploy a zone on the Lakers, right? Uh, what zone? <laughs> so I felt, yeah, exactly, what zone, right? The Lakers just looked so composed and disciplined during the few times that the Heat threw out that zone. We even, hit, we even got Danny Green to hit a three during that time. Um, and they abandoned that pretty quickly, I felt like. And... I don't know, man, just the combination of the way that I think one thing that I've come to realize, too, and it's unfortunate that Goran Dragic had his was it an ankle injury or something foot, a foot injury. Um, But I guess coming into this, if we had really taken a step back, we should have realized we've faced much better primary creators than this team has in our previous series. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Jamal Murray, James Harden, James Russell Harden. Westbrook, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I am not sure why we were this worried because it's really just Goran Dragic who's the creator, right? He's a weird left-handed. Yeah. Which I guess James Harden's a weird left-handed. Exactly. Yeah, well. But Dragic is not as annoying as James Harden. Sure. <laughs> we're like, oh, this guy's like, we respect him, you know? Yeah. But yeah. you take Dragic out of the equation and then you move on to Jimmy Butler, who, you know, he can get his own shot, but he's not like a creator in the sense of any of the guys that I just listed before. So you take Dragic out of the equation and they were just lost on offense. And they, you talk about how Tommy talked about how the announcers were like, oh, this isn't the Miami defense we've been seeing. Yeah, it isn't because they're also struggling on offense and they are tr- working so hard to try and get any shot up and it's not working against us. We're getting all of the rebounds. It's we're getting crazy, second chance dude. points. We're tipping the ball. We're stripping the ball multiple times like in that one play and they can't do anything about it, you know? And so they have to go over on the other end and play defense as well. Good luck, man. Today, I was, lately I've been going on uh, walks, like, in the middle of the day with my wife, just, like, to get out of the house and, like, get some fresh air and stuff, and we walked by this father and son, and this, it was, like, a dad and, like, a three-year-old or five, or maybe five-year-old kid playing basketball in the driveway, and the dad was just packing the shit out of him and swatting the ball, like, into the streets and stuff, and that's how it felt, well, that's how I felt watching this game today. That's amazing. That is very true. Um, I guess here's a a better question, Alan. Did you have, outside of that one very um, memorable play with the Lakers diving for every loose ball, uh, LeBron almost hurt his shoulder, KCP, I felt like, had three different strips just in that one play alone. Anthony Davis got poked in the eye again for like the 10th straight game. Yeah. So, I mean, look, first of all, we have to give credit to the Lakers for really... I mean, you can tell how much they want it now. Now that they're at this point, it's so close. You can almost taste it. And they played that way, you know? Um, I mean, I'm going to give them slack, cut them some slack for, you know, messing around in the fourth quarter. Because when you've played that hard through the first three quarters, you can do whatever the hell you want in, at, at the end there. Because it must take so much energy for the Lakers, who are already so talented and just naturally physically gifted, to still put forth that effort and look that dominant, do whatever the hell you want in the fourth quarter, you know, as long as we win. Um, but outside of that play that we mentioned before, were, were there any other defense, offense plays that, that stood out to you or just one that's memorable as well? Ah, uh, jeez. Hmm. 
I mean, there were a lot of good plays Shoot, here at a certain point. I don't point. know. That's a good question. There, there are so many. I was like trying to keep mental notes too during the game. Like, oh, like I want that like notable kind of like trademark stamp it kind of thing on the game. But it's like everything you know was so significant. Um, geez, I don't know. To be honest, like I'm, I'm actually kind of at a loss for words. Like I can't think of anything right now that was. Uh, there was that noteworthy beyond just that one super scrappy play. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's fine. Yeah, I have, this, I'll, this I'll a, go. This great... I'll have one. <laughs> uh, this is another defense-offensive play. Second quarter, Jimmy Butler drives into the lane, takes a long gather step. Kuzma impedes him perfectly. Danny Green comes in to crowd and bother him as well. Butler tries to pass it off, but both Danny Green and LeBron get their hands on the ball, strip it, LeBron takes it down the other way and dishes it to Alex Caruso for the jam. I think he wanted Caruso to lob it up one more time, but there just wasn't enough leeway. Uh, But that was one of those perfect defense to offense sort of plays um, that just worked so well, especially with that bench unit. I just felt like it was so funny the way that, I'm I'm sure they haven't been listening to all these podcasts this, this entire day, but it almost feels like the Lakers supporting cast like had that as bulletin board material just because of how emphatic they were in showing people like yeah we're, we're freaking good and we're contributing at, at all these different levels you know Danny Green came to play he had 11 points hit three threes of course he missed all of his open standstill ones but the ones where he has to gather Rob the LeBron ball from the ground <laughs> I know dude LeBron James had nine assists tonight uh 25 points 13 rebounds nine assists uh Anthony Davis, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks. Uh, Yeah, just, I don't know what else to say. Tommy, do you have any favorite plays that you can recall? Uh, Defensively, I think you guys cover the ones that that were probably the main highlights. You know, I was thinking about during the game was, which other games in this playoffs have we had this type of blowout? Like, obviously, we blew out Portland a couple times, but like... Houston, didn't we? We did, we yeah. did. God, they're all just like molding together, you know. And dude, honestly, but we've this felt like a... so dominant. No, <laughs> this dude, felt we blew so out different. Denver in game one, dude. We beat them by. Oh, like, that's we right. By that's true. In that game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, we how had crazy! Actually, so many blowouts in in this playoffs. I mean, like, and despite all of this, it, it feels yeah. like this team has not gotten enough respect. It's crazy. no, absolutely I mean, not. So, absolutely, not. so so dominant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to change after this game, but I don't know how many podcasts I listened to that were just praising the heat. And it's like this hipster complex, right? right? And also, you take into account just the fact that the Lakers haven't been here in the last 10 years. And over these last 10 years has been a, an accumulation and culmination of this hipster mentality between the NBA media and just NBA Twitter sort of rising in this time as well to become the gatekeepers of like all basketball knowledge that once, you know, every step along the way until we freaking win the championship, the Lakers are going to be counted out and their people are going to pick at every little flaw and whoever they face, they're going to amplify whatever small little good things that they do to the utmost extent. And this is just such a primary example of that, the beatdown that the Lakers put on the heat that it's just like, how did you guys go for all these hipster little minutia details and just miss all of the very obvious ones right in front of you, you know? It doesn't matter that our three through nine in a vacuum are not as good as a Tyler Hero or whatever. It's just in the context of how the Lakers play, they're much better than these guys, you know? And that's what people miss. 
and and not to mention the fact that the way that playoff Rondo has been playing, he's not always going to be below Tyler Hero each and every night, which is the way that some people make it out to be when they they do that lineup as if it's just like, oh, this card trumps this card, this trump this card trumps that card. That's the game, you know, but it doesn't work that way. And the Lakers showed why it doesn't work that way, because when everything revolves around Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and when everything revolves around Frank Vogel's defense, this is what you're going to get. Suffocating defense, where the team is so lost on the offensive end that they, they totally forget their defensive game plan. And also they are just physically outmatched. So what are you going to do at that point? And now it's kind of sad because, I mean, I hope Jimmy Butler's okay. I hope Goran Dragic is okay. Um, it, it sounds like he might be out for the series, which is a bummer. Um, and I'd hate for the media, which you know they will, to use that against us. They will, but obviously they'll convenient, conveniently leave out the fact that we don't have Avery Bradley. We don't even have DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, that guy was a legitimate part of our team, you know? <laughs> um, but they will they will make sure to em- emphasize the, the fact that no Goran Dragic and now Bam's shoulder is hurt. So I just hope that they can somehow fight through it they seem like a very gritty team that you know jimmy butler came back and played so hopefully they can rest and rehab and punch us back a little bit because it honestly does not feel it takes away some of that uh what's it called hype and epicness from the nba finals with a such a and for the most part we did this to that team you know i mean what i mean just how physical we were but yeah, I don't, I don't know where else to go here. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring myself down a little bit too in that like we got so hot, like white hot from three. Like that's probably not going to happen yeah. again. You know what I mean? Um, so we shot extremely well. They shot very, very poorly to start. If those things even add a little bit just because, like, all right, game two might be a little bit more interesting. Of course, it would be really uh, interesting to see what adjustments everybody makes especially Miami like how are they going to attack us differently but uh I mean the sum of the parts obviously is much greater for us you could talk about three through nine through to ten all you want but if you add up what LeBron is if you add up what ED is no matter what that is greater than what Miami's got you know what I mean so you can give all this like Detroit Piston what 2004 talk comparisons whatever but like that team had a bunch of of them right that's such (laughs) bullshit dude like i i bet chauncey bills is like wow hell that no don't was, don't I mean, put us in five the same all-stars league. exactly exactly like fringe hall of famers you know yeah. what i mean so can you say that about jimmy butler sure can you say that about bam i don't know he's freaking young you know Dragic, i don't think Dragic's a hall of famer and then from there you got a bunch of kids so yeah, don't dude. don't put them in the same freaking categories all those vets on detroit Alan, you got finals MVP Tyler Hero in that group, though. You guys saw that <laughs> list I sent you guys, right? That was a legitimate. That was an NBA reporter giving his finals MVP prediction as Tyler Hero. Do you know how many Lakers fans would get blasted strong, for, for, for saying something like that? Dude. For saying, oh, yeah, Kyle Kuzma is going to win finals MVP. And then here is a credentialed NBA reporter giving that prediction. Are you freaking kidding me? It's... It's so ridiculous. I'm so glad that we had this type of game. Alan, I'm trying to buy into your, like, let's cool it down a little bit. But honestly, Lakers and four, fam. Like, this feels... Lakers and two! <laughs> Lakers and two, and Miami's going to be so exhausted, they're just going to give up. They're going to be like, whatever, dude. This is, It's not worth risking COVID. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> they're going to hit simulate. Um, yeah. No, this honestly, this feels like all of a sudden, I mean... 
even without the injuries, but even more so with the injuries, right? This feels like the Nets, our Nets finals against them, you know, in 2002, where mm. once you get past like the Sacramento Kings in that hard fought game seven, you just face the Eastern Conference finals team and it's almost a formality, you know? Um, actually, all of our finals seemed that way during the three peat era, right? It was Philly. Totally, dude. The Nets. Indiana. Indiana. Indiana Philly, was probably our toughest, right? Jersey. Our toughest. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, Indiana. Definitely. I mean, that, that series went to six, and that was pretty close. I mean, Kobe had that pretty big the ankle time performance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, busted ankle. Shaq fouled out. The whole thing, like, yeah. Yeah, but no, I agree with you on the other ones. I mean, it. It. This Miami team has just been severely, severely overrated. I mean, when you look at their players, right? Again, I have said this a thousand times today, I feel like, but it just boggles my mind because it feels like. Say it a thousand no one, one. Like, no one else seems to be talking about this. Miami was playing seven deep in the last round, dude. That does not give you a lot of margin for error. And when three of the seven guys that you're playing in the entire game are Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson, I mean, that's, that is the next Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, though. Yeah, right, about. right. So, right. you know. But I mean, like, you are not going to be able to defend any reasonable attack by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron is going to go right past you. I mean, he did it multiple times he when did. he got switched. I loved it Europe. when, exactly, dude, when yeah. they switched Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson and then LeBron took him into the paint. That was, that was awesome. It's, like, it's keep doing that. sad, dude. It is like watching a dad just destroy his little kid. Because, I mean, if you, you got to tell that, you got to tell your neighbor that yeah. that's what it reminded you of later on, man. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, this, like, Tyler Hero is four years older than Bronny. You know, like, he's not that much older than Bronny. And, Le- and imagine how bad LeBron would destroy Bronny, right? Like, it's just, it's pretty damn crazy. Um, these guys were just severely overrated. Tyler, I mean, finals MVP Tyler Hero was a minus 35 in this game. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, Andre Iguodala was minus 25. Jay Crowder yeah. was minus 21. Th- this is their three through nine. These are these well, it was like all these nine people guys. like suddenly bring this, this it, like this week became a talking lo- uh, point that Andre Iguodala's made the final six years in a row and he's right. going to be the difference maker. And I was like, wait, if you look at literally just his game log from the playoffs, he had scored over five points twice in the entire first 15 games that they played in the playoffs. And one, one was the most recent game against Boston. So, of course, everyone remembers it. But he was just not playing well. He hasn't played well the entire season, really, in the games that he's played. He's old and, like, pretty washed up. I mean, he could make some defensive plays. I think he had a block or maybe a steal or something today. But he can't do much else. And he's one of the seven guys you're playing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, look, I think, and I want to give a shout out to Alex Caruso. He had another play that I think kind of encapsulated how far he's come in this, this playoffs and just how much confidence he's built up. It was in the second quarter as well. LeBron James drove it in, kicked it out to Alex Caruso on the left wing. And he, instead of taking the three-point shot, Tyler Hero closed out on him. He attacked the closeout and went aggressively into the lane. Yeah, and then he almost did this man. double-handed layup to angle it up to the, the basket yeah. so that it wouldn't I, get blocked. I thought blocked. he was going to try to yam it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I did, too. He was so forceful in his drive. But just him just, you know, aggressively driving it and taking it to the bucket like that, I was like damn, dude, how Alex Caruso has grown. You know what I mean? Just like finishing in that way and just knowing his role and place on this team as like a legitimate contributor. Um, 
I, I mentioned it on Twitter, but it's unfortunate for Miami, but they are literally hitting this brick wall that is the Lakers at the very wrong time because the Lakers are literally clicking on all cylinders. And unfortunately, that, that Denver Nuggets series really warmed them up for this type of basketball, you know? And there were moments in this game where it reminded me very much of how we punked the hell out of the Houston Rockets after we figured them out after, you know, game one. They looked so small to me. Um, so yeah, I don't know where this is going to go. I'm sure they will come out firing. I'm sure they'll come out more confident and it, it'll probably be easy for them to flush this down the toilet as Kobe Bryant said, right? So sometimes it's the best to just get blown out in this fashion. So the Lakers cannot, again, this is the Lakers problem. If, if there's any problem, they cannot come out complacent. They can't be talking like how we're talking right now you know obviously (laughs) job's not done job is not done but you know i'm so confident seeing their performance tonight and just how much they wanted it that i'm sure they just want to get this over and done with at this point nobody gets injured let's freaking complete this uh this journey here uh in epic fashion so yeah i that's it i mean the lakers have won game one of the nba finals alan tommy do you guys have any last words to say it's lit Lit. It is lit. So with that said, game trill. two is on game two is on Friday. Lakers are keeping it trill indeed. Um this game was flames. And um yeah, go Lakers. Go go. <laughs> um follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. You can also catch our show on YouTube and watch me and Alan uh wilding out. And uh yeah. Three more to go, fam. Three more wins to go. All right. Uh, Tommy, Alan, I'll catch you guys later. Goodbye. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.